welcome to Speak Sex. I am your sex whisperer, Eve Eurydice. Um, and uh, I want to welcome everybody to our Speak Sex channel and just say a couple of things about it. Because Speak Sex is not just a podcast, it's actually a movement, right? So our goals for Speak Sex are a for people to learn how to speak sex in their sexual life instead of like implying or guessing, you know, uh, or trying to read body language or trying to translate words, you know. So undoing that whole expectation that the woman may say no and mean yes, which leads to like date rape and shit, right? But also the fear of being judged, you know, the fear of saying what you'd like to try out, all that. So in one sense, speaking sex helps you, the listener, hear ways of expressing what you want to say and practicing it so you're ready to do it with your partners. And the way that I suggest that happen is that when you feel comfortable or when you're having an argument or when you're at an impasse or when you feel misunderstood, you can stop and say, you want to speak sex or let's speak sex and then change the way you go about it, right? So that's one of our goals. The second one of our goals is to separate, you know, self, meaning social identity, how you're seen in the world from your sexual identity, from what you do in your bedroom, right? So you can be like 100% macho and be like a total, you know, gay bottom. And that, that makes sense, right? So not kind of like conflating who you are in the world and, and how you're seen and how you see yourself with anything that you do in your sex space, because they are not the same. So that's our second goal. And our third goal, which is kind of like more long-term and very slow and gentle, but for me is like the climax, <laughs> the ultimate goal, um, is to demonetize sex. And that's like heavy. And it's heavy because like throughout patriarchy, right, sex, at least, you know, for women, happens in exchange for something. Um, and for guys too, I think I feel, I feel like it's for both. So that, in my opinion, the only way to achieve actual and full gender equality and liberate all genders <laughs> from the repression, right, is to be conscious about the monetization of sex, and and I mean like transactional sex in any in any way, shape, or form. Uh, whether it is on a date or whether it is for marriage or whether it is, you know, real estate. <laughs> so we're not talking about like sex workers who, of course, you know, like should be legal and unionized <laughs> and have the health benefits, but actually everything else. Our understanding of desire free from any consideration other than the sexual one. Um, so the heart of, of speaking sex is to free people, to liberate, you know, people. Like if, if the show were a person, she would say to you, I just want you to be free. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah. So that's what we're doing. I want you all to, I want to set everyone free <laughs> in, in a way that feels safe and articulate, right? 
So anyway, uh, we do have a that's our mission. <laughs> um, and um, today, in today's episode, we're going to cover sexual wellness, um, connecting to your sexuality in a holistic way. Uh, you know, which would can like boost your confidence and and liberate you from like shame and taboos and and like the bullshit in your brain that that you know, you were brainwashed to think um, by whatever, you know, your schools, your parents, your churches, your dominant culture, and and also how to, you know, find like sober sex, by which I mean, feel the whole high, the full high of sex without necessarily needing to like get drunk or high first in order to not be so self-conscious, right? So like get to that place um, and um, coming to our power as sexual mm -hmm. beings, uh, free of stigma, by kind of like consciously looking for ways to, to do that. So my guests today are um, Naomi, Ross, and she is very much a, a presence in all things sexual in Miami <laughs> these days. Um, and she is the Miss Explorer on Instagram, and she is the communications officer at the Sex Museum here in Miami Beach, yes. which is a wild place. Welcome, <laughs> Nomi. Thank you. <laughs> and Natalia Gilek um, is um, the founder of Yoni Wonderland, with an A, Wonderland, um, which, uh, you know, which has a website and a store uh, where you can find these beautiful uh, crystal dildos, I'm going to call them, for simplification purposes that, that we have samples of here today with us. Um, and her mission is to help, you know, sexually conscious women or women looking for, for you know, kind of like self-love and consciousness to get in touch with their sexual essence by deepening our connection to our yoni, you know, which is like our sacred space from where we give birth um, and, you know, sustain the continuation of like all humanity and, you know, find ways to heal past emotional or sexual wounds, which are often kept in our, you know, first or chakra or, or, or second, depending, um, you know, get over past traumas in a way that's not like through psychology and language, but through massage and, and physical freedom. And also, you know, enhance our vitality and energy. So this, this um, I don't know, what do you call them? I call them intimate gemstones. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so these intimate gemstones are crystals are like pure 100% GIA certified and she'll tell us how they're special and energetically and they're safe to use internally as well of course as externally but the internally is what's new about them what makes them different than like your general crystals that you get in uh, you know whatever shops uh, <laughs> magic shops or <laughs> yogi <laughs> shops <laughs> okay so yeah that's it um 
let's talk a little bit first about your your journey of discovery because you were telling me before we started recording how you both came from like conservative backgrounds and you'd never in a million years imagine either one of you <laughs> that you'd be uh, Natalia like selling sex toys <laughs> and Naomi like trying out sex toys <laughs> for people <laughs> to see how they work <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that journey I think you know and, and how much happier you are for having you know embarked on it is something that would be nice for everyone to hear about right yeah so you want to tell me a little bit about it yeah, and even how we met. Um, so mm-hmm. I was kind of on my own healing journey after a long-term relationship ended last year and started realizing that I had a lot of sexual energy after blocks were being kind of like, uh, you know, emotional blocks or just different things from my past. I was able to clear those. And all of a sudden I I wanted to learn so much and I wanted to find out, you know, what's going on. Um, I've always been a creative person, but feeling that connection to my body more was, was very, very new. And I went to a women's wellness event and Natalia was there. And then I started to get a little bit um, involved in Tantra and was curious about that. And we um, found each other at other other events. And uh, the more that I was like delving into this realm, I realized that it was, um, and, I, and I, would, I would share about it through my social media, right? I was being very vulnerable. And some people were like, oh my God, you're sharing so much. Like you're not going to be, I don't know, hired by people or whatever in the future. And now I work at the Erotic Art Museum. But um, it was something that the more that I learned and I was, I was finding out how much confidence I could have um, with myself, with partners, and um, I mean, it's fun, first of all, to, to learn about whether it's more about your yoni or learning about King or BDSM or all these other things. But um, it helps you realize you're just full of beautiful energy and that you can do whatever you want. And um, well, it helps you. It helps you feel comfortable with stuff that yeah. if you haven't put yourself out there, at least in a class where it's yeah. safe. Like you know, you don't have to go to like a dungeon. No, <laughs> but just taking like a safe class where everybody yeah. starts by talking about it. Yeah, right. Like workshops or discussions. Then you get comfortable with all kinds of of different sexual practices. Yeah. that you don't know about, and if you don't know about them, like you judge them. Yeah. Foreign. For sure. I've kind of described it as going back to school because also I grew up in a household with a super protective mother who never let me go to any sex ed growing up. So the first time I saw anything was in college at age 18 when there was a film about Kinsey and the sex researchers. And all of a sudden on the big screen, it's like, oh, naked bodies. And oh, that's what this stuff is. So now I'm in my 30s and just all of a sudden I'm like a teenager again and having um, my mind is just like being blown by all of these things that are also very natural and there's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with anything. Yeah. yeah, they're natural, but they need to be fucking accessible. Mm-hmm. That, I think that's what's happened. You know, it's like the culture, I call it the patriarchy, but you can call it whatever you like. You know, you can call it matriarchy if that's where you're at. You can call it capitalism. You can call it whatever, you know, Catholicism. It doesn't matter. The culture keeps all this stuff secret. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and, you know, we can see all the violence in the world, but we can't see, like, tits and vaginas, <laughs> you know, nipples, like, not forget, you know, for Instagram or movies or yeah. TV or, like, regular cable or whatever. We can't even say, like, the F word. Yeah, Why? even talking about Why? it. Why? Yeah. Because it's the ultimate, re- you know, they want to keep us repressed. They don't want that energy, that kind of, like, wild and hard-to-control sexual energy you know, to come out and be shared because it's mm-hmm. going to shake things up. They don't even know how, but they know, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. That things are going to get too shaken up. So maybe we won't go to the mall as much and buy like the, sh- you know, the, 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 I don't know, high heels and the fancy purses because like we'll be happy. We won't need, we won't have that like extra hunger that we need to fill because we'll be like happy sexually and like emotionally satisfied, right? The thing about sexual pleasure, but also like emotional pleasure is you you feel satiated, Mm -hmm. right? You feel like fed. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to like run out, you know, what can I buy? Like, let me go on Amazon or if it's not buy something, you know, always kind of like chasing. Feeling the gap, yeah. Yeah. Feeling that emptiness that you have inside. Yeah, for sure. It makes you so happy. It makes you, yeah, and like, and like fool, which like in America today, it's, it's really like the one rebellious thing to feel. Yeah. yeah. Like you don't need anything. But people are very wow. fearful. Like I remember multiple family members, um, like messaging me and being like, oh my God, like you have to be so careful. Like, you know, their guys are going to do such and such. And um, you know what? <laughs> people are going to do things anywhere I grew up with a mom who was so fearful and always told me like someone's gonna rape you and I mean if you walk around with fear all the time and worry that something's gonna happen to you something might happen to you but actually um if you share about these things I think you know the more we're sharing about it and the more that we're feeling comfortable um and not worried about I don't know creepy people that exist in general um that's important because we cannot we can't always hide we can't always be worried that something's gonna happen and to be honest i could be wearing like workout clothes and someone's gonna whistle yeah, at you me could or be jogging in For central sure. park as yeah. we know it has happened many times right and like you know the pervert will find you and rape you and crush your skull or whatever yeah yeah, yeah. god so forbid god forbid <laughs> yeah i mean we're not saying that we should actually i advocate like two things in public in groups in mm-hmm. packs for mm-hmm. sure whatever it is you know yeah. sexual or non so yeah. if you were to ask me like should i go backpacking alone in thailand right. i would be like no babe yeah. <laughs> As a woman, as a woman, you always have to be yeah, careful. Yeah, you always have to be careful. So, but if you're asking me, like, you know, should I post or speak about sexual things? It's like, yes, 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 heck yes, yes. <laughs> and the more you post, and the more you're connected to type of people that will respond positively to what you're posting. What I find is that in the sex groups and even like sex parties or ambiances where people are more open about speaking about sex, they're also more open about being respectful. So even like before they touch you or approach you, there is even like a body language and even they'll speak it. Are you okay being touched this way? Is it okay if I sit next to you? Is it okay if I put my hands here? So the language is there. And yes, people yes, who actually yes. judge you, the Natalia. fact that yeah. you're not, you know, that they're going to 
you're going to get raped or at the sex party, they're going to invade your space. This is actually the complete opposite. It's where you actually, at least for me, where I feel the safest, you know, I get to exhibit my body. I get to be in my own skin, but at the same time, nobody touches my space if I'm not, you know, open to it. So Mm -hmm. that is what I do love about being people, being around people who are open to sex, you know, or sexually, um, kind of like in a different dimension than the convention of people that you meet out there that your parents think that you're hanging out with Mm -hmm. because it's, it's different and you have to experience Mm -hmm. it in order to know exactly what it feels like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing about, I mean, that's what we're trying to spread is that the truth about being sexually liberated or sexually evolved or, you know, woke in whatever way Mm -hmm. you, um, is that we are already speaking sex. Mm-hmm. Um, we know that we have to speak it to be safe and to be clear, mm-hmm. right? And it's like long before Me Too. You know, this is not about, to, for, for like people in that community, it's not about fear of like, oh my God, you know, I'm going to be misunderstood and what are these new words? Not at all. You know, like people in the King community have been speaking sex pretty fluently and inventing words and terms to understand one another, uh, at, you know, f- since, well, for sure, since the 20th century. I don't know at what point, somewhere, sometime in the 60s, you know, it, it came up and they, you know, they use language in, in new ways and they taught us to do that. And what we're trying to do now is spread it to like the general public, you know, everyone else who doesn't do it because they can use it for the most basic stuff, you know, like your boyfriend is cheating on you, but you want to save your relationship, you know, whatever the most basic uh, questions, you know, you want to have sex with like your best friend, but you don't know how to go about it, you know, um, you want to, you know, maybe you're someone, your lover wants you to like go to a swingers party and you're terrified, but you don't, you know, you don't want to also say no and, uh, or uh, I, I don't know, you know, you have like bi tendencies, but you don't want to be gay, you don't want to identify as gay, you don't want to be misunderstood that suddenly you're not going to go with the, you know, with the opposite sex because you want to, so basic stuff that's like, common to the vast heteronormative mm-hmm. majority can be handled just by knowing how to speak about it mm-hmm. without, you know, without fear. So, you know, yeah, you, you don't need to like be at the sex party naked, mm-hmm. but that's where we've come from. That's where we learn to communicate. And even the power of saying no and the power of listening to a no, because sometimes when we say no to a partner, they feel offended or we can feel offended at sometimes, but just learning how to accept or hear a no or being able to say a no, no, don't touch me this way or yes. Or if that person says no to you, you're not going to get offended. It's like, okay, maybe I'm not doing a good job. Maybe I'm not performing that well. Maybe I'm doing something he doesn't or she doesn't like. So the power of saying no to is very, you know, something that you learn along the way when you're actually learning how to speak sex. You know, it's not only accepting, it's also saying no. Right. And it takes us back to what I said in the beginning, which is you realize, like by practicing that, Mm -hmm. you realize that it, it, it doesn't affect your identity. Like when you say no to a guy in that context, he doesn't feel that he's rejected or he's Correct. any less of a man or, you know, his technique is off, uh-huh. right? It's just simply where you're at at this moment. 
Yeah. And you experiment something. Okay, maybe she's right. not here, but let's try this instead. And you actually open your creative mind and you try new things, you know, things that maybe you think that pattern that you're used to doing with other women or other men, it always works. But with this one here, she's saying no. And, you know, let me try. Let me get out of my comfort zone and explore new things. Let me get creative. Let's see, you know, what mm -hmm. can come out of this. And yeah. And not take things personally. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yes. Like that's huge. It is. Yeah. I remember, um, what's her name? Dobson, I think her name is. And I read her, when I was, I was new in America, I was like 17. And she had written a book, Sex for One. I don't even know, I found it in the library, like in college. And, and the whole book was about, um, you know, masturbating and why it's so healthy and why it's amazing for women. And she was already like all through the 60s um, organizing this group you know, group masturbation sessions um, where either only women or women and, and men would gather in a circle and she would like speak sex, mm. right? Until everyone was comfortable to uh, undress if they were. And, and then, you know, she would guide them in meditation, in meditation, masturbation. Um, and to me, you know, coming from Greece, we're like, I, <laughs> I had spent... I don't know, like, you know, since the age of eight or nine or whenever, I, I didn't time it. But ever since I started masturbating, it was always like secret, right? Yes. And in terror, like in the terror of being caught, in the terror of going to hell when I was younger. Mm. I mean, by 17, I'd overcome like the fear of hell. <laughs> but like at 10, it was hell also. It was like, you know, if anyone knew, they would not speak to me ever again. Like, I want to stop. What is this? You know, it was like, it was also like, it was like the feeling of addiction. You know, when you're an addict and you hate it and you want to stop and you can't. I experienced all that. And like at that like really young age, like, I didn't want to do it and I couldn't stop doing it. And mm. I felt like I was doomed and like you, know. you were doing something wrong, but <gasps> in reality, yeah. I was so like, you know, I was like chosen to be immoral. <laughs> and and then the other thing, oh my god, yeah. The other thing is that my parents wouldn't allow us to have closed doors ever of mm. our rooms. Wow. So my experience of like masturbation was always Half of my brain is like, you know, obsessing, focused on that one thing that will get me off. And half of my brain is, is you know, listening in case there's like a footstep or any sound. <laughs> because my parents were in, the, one of the parents at least was always there. <laughs> and how to stop it, you know, immediately like stop it. So you can imagine like the, the mind fuck where, you know, so much of your attention is external you know, making sure that, like, you're not heard, you know? So I mastered the art of, like, coming quietly. <laughs> it's funny you say that because I also started exploring at the age of, like, eight or nine. Mm -hmm. And the way that I would do it is I would hump my pillow, right? Oh, and, I hump my pillows, yeah, too. <laughs> and so I would get my friends and even my sister, which my sister at the time didn't care for it, like, as much as I was, like, super into it. And um, that happened to me the same. So, and it's funny because I brought that to my adulthood. And up until I started really like tapping into my sexuality in a different way, I realized that up to maybe about my almost 30s, I would get under the sheets, close my door and just 
be like under my sheets masturbating and quietly as well. Like, so people wouldn't see me. And even like, I don't know, the spirits or the gods or whoever, you know, if I was under the sheets, nobody could see me. But if I was in my room, even though the door was closed, but exposed, then, you know, this outside, I don't know, this fantasy people, I don't know who would be even watching me and that would be wrong, you know? Right. It felt more slutty if uh -huh. you were out of the covers, like naked. Yes. Yes. And like <laughs> moaning and using your moaning. voice and expressing it. Yeah. Yeah. And sound is so important. I, I think, uh, yeah, just in general, if you're doing anything sexual and you have to like quiet yourself, it's not nearly as um impactful mm -hmm. even i mean sure it can be exciting oh there's someone next door oh you kind of have to be quiet and then like if you have to be noisy then you like cover yourself with a pillow but um yeah when it's like on constantly when you have to do that yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's um it's just so much more enjoyable when you can make the noise so sometimes now like oh I'll, like If I want to like do it before bed, I'll like try to be quiet because I have a roommate next door. <laughs> But uh, yeah, when you're able to just fully express yourself totally, mm -hmm. it's a, just it's life changing. Mm -hmm. And I, un unlike both of you, maybe my first like uh, finding anything sexual was my mother's romance novels. Um, mm. So I would like read those and I never masturbate or anything like that but I remember like once she only had a few of the same books so I would like flip to the hot parts because I knew <laughs> they were like I was like all right enough of this boring stuff like where's the good shit um and then also when I worked in a restaurant that was close to a Barnes and Noble I somehow found like the erotic books novel and I was I was a teenager and I would like read these erotic erotica things and they I, that was before like 50 shades of gray or anything like that but i do if i reflect on it i do remember it probably did turn me on because mm -hmm. i was very much into reading back then and my imagination mm -hmm. is super good so then i was like 14 then i would go like work at the restaurant after i was like you know uh filling my brain with like all this like great energy but i had no idea because it was so uneducated from any kind of formal things about sex like what that connection was i was just like oh this is really exciting but not knowing why mm -hmm. why or like to masturbate to it yeah no 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 yeah. no idea just like yeah. it was so and even now like if i'm sexting or anything like that that's like an automatic turn on for me because i have that i can right, connect those things yeah. yeah yeah and and sensation wise like sure of course it's great but actually even just flirtations and things like like that mm -hmm. is really mm -hmm. awesome anyways yeah for me too uh <laughs> my you know my first like turn on was language which is interesting because now we're like talking about speaking mm -hmm. sex but it was a hundred percent language and Uh, you know, there were no romance novels. So, like, the I th the first time that I remember, I mean, who knows if it's the first time, but how weird is this? My grandpa is a was, you know, he just passed, but he was a priest, a Christian priest, cre mm -hmm. clearly. <laughs> so, it was like, uh, war was declared in Greece. I was like eight, and there was some war declared that didn't happen. But nevertheless, my mom panicked and she took us to stay with her parents because she thought my dad would be called to the army. So we go and we stay at my grandfather's house, who is a priest. And his whole library was like Christian books um, and like lives of saints and stuff like that. 
I don't remember if I had masturbated before or not, but I remember this as like my first informative experience because there was nothing to do, right? I wasn't <laughs> going to school. I was like in his house and I went through all of his books and I found these books that were printed by the church that were telling us stories of people who were condemned to hell <gasps> and why they went to hell, right? <laughs> so they were like... You know, the stepmother who seduces the stepson and she goes to hell or, you know, like the wife who takes a lover and she goes to hell. And it was written in an extremely damning, damning way. Mm. But it turned me on so much. <laughs> so like I took that book and I would read it and stop and, you know, masturbate. And I hid in the bathtub pretending to take a bath, but I didn't even take a bath. You know, I would hide in wherever I could. And it, so it was always like words after that, you know, then I would like get turned on by classics. Like I remember like I would read Shakespeare and find moments where, you know, I don't know, Romeo and Juliet or like Anthony and Cleopatra would say something. I'd be like, yes. And I would read those same words over and over again until wow. I would like climax. Wow. You know, so it's like all about language being mm-hmm. the turn on. Um, and then, like you said, when I came to America, of course, I discovered like um, sex novels, you know, sex writing, queer porn, um, you know, kink porn. It, it's all written and it's all readily available. So like with that, it was perfect because I could just get the right thing and it was so quick. <laughs> I, I think what you were saying, too, is interesting because for me, and maybe it's because I grew up having to be oh this perfect child and if I wasn't perfect all the time but now as an adult if something like oh maybe you're maybe the idea of like me not something's not allowed that's a turn on for me or like oh you're in a certain space and oh you shouldn't be sexual or whatever like that's so much more exciting to me um than just like typical like oh you're in a bedroom or whatever you know, I like to do things like, oh, let's go in the kitchen. And, oh, other people use this kitchen. Oh, oh, well. I know. We <laughs> <can>. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> a, a little bit of uh, exhibitionism in public or whatever, because that is, yeah, that's not supposed to be permitted. But, um, like, who says so? Uh everyone else yeah. but anyway well that's the whole point that like tab- <laughs> taboo has become sexy so a lot of us you know like especially kink a lot mm-hmm. of kink it comes from like oh my god it was so forbidden mm-hmm. or you turn around something that was like super for- forbidden and you make it please pleasurable mm-hmm. um but like when we get to a more evolved place where we don't have those judgments then it can really be like what we actually like you mm-hmm. know like if you like sex in public or if you like, right? So, you know, like learning yourself and and learning what turns you on is part of that, like just having the freedom to try different things out. Mm -hmm. So actually I was going to ask you, Naomi, to tell us a little bit about your breakup, just a little bit, because I know that that's what brought you to this like sexual learning, sexual experimentation, sexual rebirth. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I had been in a relationship from the time I was 18 until 32. I had never been with any other partners. I mean, it was a teenager, right? Although teenagers, they date in high school, they explore things like that. That was the first person I was ever connected with. So you, you, Found your sexuality with him. He was yeah. your first lover. Yeah. And you stayed faithful to him. Yeah. For all those years. Yeah. I mean, okay. like, 
at the start of the relationship on his end there was um i don't know if you call it like adultery if you're just dating but there was cheating and my confidence back then was so low and i remember my mom once being like oh well you know he's young he'll change and um and so i i stuck around with it and um one time when we were dating I was feeling a little neglected and I, I had a, a one night stand. Um, but he had probably like five years into our relationship still been fooling around with others. And I still, I, I stuck around. And um, when things were kind of um, weird a few years before uh, the relationship ended. Um, so you got married after a number of years of dating? We were together for like eight and a half years before he okay, proposed gotcha. and then we got yeah, married. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and so when we were first married, um, there was someone that he met and he started calling this person a soulmate. And back then I was uh, devastated because all of a sudden I'm like, well, soulmate, like that means that he's supposed to be with someone else. And I was in such a place in my mind that I, I never felt like anyone else would ever want to be with me or I don't even know why that was in my mind, but I was just, um, well, it's also like the power of habit, you know, <laughs> habit is like a huge force, yeah. you know, you get used to someone and yeah. after so many years, you know, the idea of like being naked with a new person. And having never been with anyone else except for one one night stand. Right. <laughs> Which doesn't um. count. Does, yeah. Like one night stands don't count because like you're probably drunk or high or like, uh, you know, yeah. in the it's moment. moment. Yeah. 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 I was, I was a little drunk and I never get drunk. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, so yeah. So, um, and th- this, this soulmate is actually who he ended up running away to Europe with. Um, but, uh, but yeah. So a few years ago I was in a place where I was just like, oh, well, that's so it. That's the decided, end of my life. He decided that he wanted a divorce yes or, he was okay. the one that that made that decision um i was um because he fell in love with the soulmate i kind of sensed something was going on and mm-hmm. he was in utter denial yeah mm-hmm. and actually a few months before i had uh brought up the idea of opening up the relationship because i was uh we were living in a house with some of Uh, friends who were single women and me coming from a place where he was really the only person I'd ever been with all of a sudden I was like wow before we have kids you know before we really settle down I I kind of want more experiences and the first time I talked to him about this um, I remember his reaction and I was kind of shocked because I thought he was more liberal he was always talking about cuddle parties and stuff he was like if you do something like that I'm gonna walk out the door I was like, uh, okay. That is his insecurity. Yeah, yeah. I was like, uh, on I was like, really? Sure. Well, calm down. Like, let's learn more about things. And and then a few months later, he had some experience that like opened his mind up or whatever. And um, he was like, okay, let's do this. Later on, I learned it's because he'd started talking to this other girl again. Um, and I think what I learned is that his ego was so big that he really was a one woman person and maybe needing someone who really like needed him because I was beginning to step into my power. And when I reconnected with the friend that I'd known for many years as the first part of my open opening up a relationship, all of a sudden it was like, wow, someone else can like really desire me. And I am this like sexual being. And it was, it was so incredible to, and that was like the start of building up my confidence, really um, thinking like outside of this person I had been with so long. But I, um, I, 
Yeah, I mean, and the thing is, I've heard even about open relationships, right? You can be with your primary partner. It can even be more exciting. But I guess that wasn't for him. And yeah, so since then, I have, you know, I've connected with some people and it's been so interesting because I never dated her or anything like that. So now in my 30s, I'm like, how does this work? But um, but as I've been learning more about myself and doing these different classes and just I'm discovering who mm-hmm. I am sexually. Mm-hmm. So you took like the tantra sex classes and you took like the yoni massage and yeah. uh, kink classes, yeah, right? Yeah, a little bit of everything and just right. I'm still navigating, I'm still figuring out. Oh, yeah, okay, I mean, well, you should do it forever. And you're always Why evolving yeah. too as a person. Yeah. You evolve like just because you're not into yeah. something now. And recently, actually, I tried the back door and now mm-hmm. I'm more curious about that. So, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's what, you know, people... like. That's why, like, listening to these conversations even is wonderful because, you know, one of the things that you take out of it is that your interests and your tastes will change. Like, the odds that you will like the same thing, even if it's the same kink, uh, you know, for life, are really, really low, Mm -hmm. right? And as you grow older, especially women, they become more and more sexually, you know, interested, Um, like in our 20s, we're still, you know, figuring things out and we're more like into numbers if we're liberated, right, than, than actually different sexual practices or, or, you know, whatever, activities, experiences. It's more like same thing, different guys. Mm-hmm. Then you go into your 30s and you're like, well, well, yeah, like, what I is want there to more? try. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and also we have a few more dollars, so like we can afford the classes, you know, we can afford like the crystal yoni, mm. the dildos, you mm. know, right? In, in our 20s, we can't. <laughs> yeah, big time. <laughs> yeah. Or, even, or even, it's it's so interesting because at the museum that I work at, we have amazing positive sex ed programs. And I actually just was talking with some women last night and they're, they're around my age and they were so timid about the idea of going on their own to one of these workshops or discussions because it's like, oh, well, what will someone think of me if I'm going to a workshop about openness or polyamory? Um, but even with curiosity, you can still go, you can still learn. You don't have to, if you're going to that, you don't have to become it. It's just, just having that knowledge and, and just opening up your mind. Right. But we, we women are like that. Like we'd rather go with a girlfriend. Yeah. But it's the same, like (laughs) even to the movies, you know, or like to dinner or like to a bar, you just feel more at ease if you're going with someone. But like, all you need is like your girlfriend. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But even even just even finding someone they'll be like, okay, I'll go with you to the class about exactly. you know such and yeah. such. Yeah. It's it's not always as easy, but I encourage I encourage everyone just just it's okay. Or I think they were worried about um, oh, there will only be a few people there. But even so, you know, it's it's an opportunity for yourself. I mm-hmm. actually like when there's less people uh, and more people because you open, oh yeah. yeah, you're able to actually open up a lot more. And when you're in an intimate group, the dynamic changes, you mm. know, people feel more comfortable in opening up themselves or exchanging experiences rather than being in a group of 40 people. And you're just kind of like you, you get to hide almost, you mm. know, versus you being like the fifth person of the group and everybody sharing you kind of like 
also, I, I don't know, you get excited about sharing your story too, or you, you know, that that's something encouraging almost. Maybe I, a chance feel, to bond yeah. stronger yes. with the others yes. or speak up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I mean, I, at least, I don't know, I'm a Pisces and I, I understand that, uh, you know, I'm, I enjoy it more if I'm with a girlfriend, like I'm, I'm freer and I will say more and do more, mm -hmm. you know, because like when it's, especially if it's mixed gender, like I'm always thinking, will one of these guys think that I'm looking for a partner, mm -hmm. you know, will someone like at the end, you know, hit on me because <laughs> I don't want to. So sometimes I may be more, uh, you know, self, not self-conscious physically, but like not quite say or do, you know, the wild stuff that I would mm. because I, I don't want to be misunderstood by someone in the group or the circle. I'm but if I'm with my girlfriend, mm -hmm. then I feel, you know what, we're going to live together. <laughs> so like I can go all, all out and be myself and enjoy it. That's true. Yeah. yeah. But that's like for me, because I'm, I'm, you know, I don't like people kind of like, you know, apropos of nothing. Mm hmm. I'm more the Hitting opposite. On me. <laughs> yeah, I like it when when I get to go to those places. I think I'm more free and uh, like even to express myself when I'm not around people who know me. You know, then mm. you know I'm just myself. I can be myself, mm -hmm. and I don't have my friend judging me. Oh, really? Is that your story or stuff like that? So in those places, I'm the complete opposite. I rather go by myself and just be open. And I don't care if you're gonna approach me. I'm gonna say no and goodbye. I'm gonna go home. And yeah, that's yeah, it, yeah, you know, yeah, kind yeah, of thing. yeah. No, yeah. for sure. But it's it's easy yeah, to it's say no. It's a different no. dynamic. Uh, it's super easy yeah. to say no if you don't want it. I, I I don't know. I mean, I have a lot of Scorpio girlfriends. So I have a lot of like really sexually, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, you know, evolved and, and highly sexual friends. Mm -hmm. So it's easy, like, yeah, to do that. So yeah, that's one of the things that we all need to do. Like is like speak sex with our friends and find mm -hmm. out where they're at and, you know, because they may be like so much into so much more and ready. And once we open that door, like they will not stop talking, speaking sex yeah. to us. And my, my, I have a lot of friends like that. <laughs> my, my, na my natural introvert, probably from like back in the day, she actually came up recently when I was in a space and it was like opportunity to dance. And I actually, I love when I'm on my own in my apartment, I can dance around, I can dance naked, I can be super sexy. And I was in a public space recently with some friends and I really wanted one of them to like dance with me. I was kind of like, dancing in the group but didn't want to go out into the middle of a space with a bunch of strangers had it been a darker nightclub it would have been fine but sometimes I find my my shyness still being there meanwhile I'm totally open to sharing just a picture or whatever maybe I've been body painted or and that's okay to go on social media but um the the original shy girl still comes out sometimes actually I surprised myself and after that night I was like you know what next time I'm gonna just shake my ass and go crazy because like no one cares but um that's when you can get into your head and so it's like right. how do no you no one get, cares yeah, yeah it's like how but how do you get out of your head and like mm -hmm. these are the ways that that you can do it but practicing on your own kind of can get you to a place mm -hmm. where you right. will feel more comfortable right. down the line. Right. I mean, I, and I want to say, before we talk about practicing on your own, <laughs> is that speaking sex, I think, works best for shy people. Mm. You know, I, I, I really think so, because it's when you're shy and you don't know how to kind of be out there physically or, you know, verbally in the sense of, hey, sexy, you want to hang out today? Like mm -hmm. that, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, 
and you're so self-conscious about, you know, being misunderstood or being whatever it is, that, you know, you can use the speak sex language because it's really, you know, it's, it's intimate, but it's very precise. Mm-hmm. It doesn't leave all these, like, innuendos and, you know, it, it doesn't leave all these gray areas where you may feel that you could be misunderstood or, mm-hmm. you know... Uh, taken for granted or, you know, or whatever, which both men and women, you know, have that fear. It's not just for us women, you know. Mm. I feel like, you know, especially like the fear of rejection, right? Mm. So by speaking sex, you kind of get rid of all of that Mm -hmm. because, you know, you're really talking about the nuts and bolts. It's not about, you know, do you want me? Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's instead like, you know, this is what I like to do. Have you tried it out? Have you thought of this and that? You know, oh, you know what we like, uh, you know, I learned this new word or I learned this new practice. So it's not like, do you think I'm hot? (laughs) No, and those are some of my... opposite of that. Those are some of my favorite conversations. I'm actually, and I actually find that just talking with like guy friends and stuff, even if we're not like intimate or whatever, it's fun to talk about that stuff. And um, it certainly makes for interesting conversation. And I'm much better, like still one-on-one talking to people. I think like group environments, like I can open up and share, but sometimes in groups, I will probably listen a little bit more, but um, absorb, right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like this super like, but who knows? Like if we were in front of audience, I might be like, (laughs) <laughs> I would say you're you're always learning and perfectionism not even worrying about that don't set any any expectations for yourself or future partners because you're all just you're where you are um but the more the more you practice the better you'll get or the more you'll learn comfortable. about yeah exactly you get much more comfortable yes, for sure and also we were speaking about you know sobering sex you know sobering sex up Meaning, you know, the more you learn and the more you do it, the the easier it becomes to reach that like high of sexual climax without Naturally. having to right mm-hmm. without having to like use alcohol or self medicate mm-hmm. or you know weed or whatever it is, mm-hmm. um, and then you feel more, mm-hmm. but also like you can get to that space you know much more easily on you know on, on your own on yeah. your own like mm-hmm. in a in a super healthy way yeah, yeah. And c- yeah connecting deeper to yourself and connecting eventually when you're with a partner um with them like energetically right yes. yeah like riding that flow uh-huh. mm-hmm. no and the more you experiment on yourself the more you get to know yourself and the more you get to know what triggers you naturally like where to touch or what to do or even like your breath you know how to get yourself there mm-hmm. in a different way than you know actually just relying on you know toxic substances or any other external stimulation being that from a partner or other substance like that you actually you know yourself so much to the point where you know how to get to where you need to be just by touch and breath and right and everything else right and when it comes to touch you can also speak sex within the sexual experience yes. and say you know give like loving instruction yes. <laughs> <laughs> and say okay like a little higher a little yeah. to the left but like or not whatever just in your head you like. like literally out of your mouth uh, yeah, yeah out or, of your or mouth guide them, or like gently guide their hands or you wanted to go or whatever uh-huh. but yeah speaking up that way that was just in my head I'm so glad you brought that up yeah because you can think like oh this isn't so great but if you don't say anything they don't know right, right exactly or the fake orgasm because that's <gasps> no no common. no no yeah, no yeah, okay yeah. in our 
world universe. <laughs> <laughs> I should say this, like never fake an yes, orgasm. Never, never. If ever. you're a feminist, even like beginning feminist, you are not allowed to fake an orgasm because you uh -huh. steal it away from yourself, right? So like first you got to own your truth and, ah, mm -hmm. oh, I know, please. <laughs> That's just like, you know, like feeding the male ego for no reason because yeah. he doesn't... For no reason, meaning like, you know, he, he deserves better himself. Yeah. Like yeah, he if he's your partner. Exactly, for sure. Yeah. And he can make you come for real. It's mm -hmm. just yeah. like kind of, like with everything else in relationship, it takes time and practice yeah. and, you know, a little bit of effort. And, and, it being, and it being okay for a man or a woman, maybe that doesn't happen even. There's so much like pressure at times. I was actually with someone recently who's like, oh, you're okay if I don't like, you know, come to a climax or whatever. I'm like, yeah, because I'm just enjoying myself being here with you now. And for me, actually, I need a certain kind of stimulation internally. It's not as effective for me, but I'm still enjoying myself. I'm still experiencing pleasure and that's what matters. So not getting so caught up like, oh, I have to orgasm. Like, no, that's okay. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. Like a block. that's what creates the blockages. Like when you actually force yourself or you have that pressure of having to orgasm. Yeah. I think that's where sometimes a lot of women and men, you know, they just create that block and nothing happens, you know? Yeah, that's like mm -hmm. the, the one of the negative side effects of the sexual revolution. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's like before the 60s, you know, and before the pill and all of that, it was actually not uh, normal, let's say, or common for men to care that the woman even comes, right? Mm -hmm. But then uh, the Kinsey Report and everything else, you know, coming together and the first wave of feminism educated everyone to the fact that there is such a thing as a clitoral orgasm mm -hmm. and it's the easiest and most common for like your average woman to achieve first. Mm -hmm. There are actually seven types of female orgasm. Mm -hmm. But in any case, so like now we've got to, one of the things we've achieved <laughs> as a species is that, you know, men expect to make their woman, you know, a climax, mm -hmm. come in some way. And they and also because of porn and stuff like that. Right, because so, of all of it, yeah. yeah. Um, so, like, in our parents' generation or our grandparents' generation, forget it. Like, you know, the woman was just lying there and looking at the ceiling and thinking of England or whatever. <laughs> So we've come along, you know, uh, sex no longer is supposed to be procreative, right? Mm -hmm. um, it be partly because, like, there is a DNA paternity test, so, like, the dude can figure out if the kid's his or not, so we don't have to be, like, locked in women's quarters at all times um, to make sure that, like, the children are his and all that bullshit. So... A lot has changed, and now, thanks to Me Too, we've also got to the place of, like, verbal consent that the woman gets to give. So it's all, like, huge, big steps mm -hmm. in evolution, sexual evolution. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, the thing about the, the orgasm, the, the, female, the woman's orgasm, and pleasing your woman, uh, you know, is that it's got too far on the other end where men now kind of like consider it a matter of manhood mm. and honor, you know, they've taken it way out of proportion and too far mm. and they feel like they haven't performed mm -hmm. if they don't make the woman come. Mm -hmm. So it's, a, you know, two, uh, you know, like double pronged <laughs> um, kind of like obsession, 
mostly for the men, I feel. And then we women go along with it because we don't want them to feel bad. Right. So for us, it's all empathy. Like, we really don't care. I, th I think, like, physically how we're made, we don't care if he comes, you know, or not. And, mm -hmm. and we don't even necessarily care if we always come. Mm -hmm. And we have so many ways of coming that we could come, like, ten, you know, 10 times in a row also, and he still doesn't come. And that's great. Like, if, if you want to be selfish, right? If you want to be brutally honest. But we feel bad about the guy because it seems like his manhood is tied up with this bullshit. So like we will stop ourselves from having too many orgasms because we feel like that's selfish. It's not. So we're here to say, right, yeah. that like come as much as you want, sisters, because that's good for the guy. It makes him feel good. And, you know, guys out there, if you don't come, hey, that's great, even better for us. We get to, like, keep going. <laughs> we have to stop. Because most guys, you know, eventually will come and then they'll, like, fall asleep. <laughs> Unless they're, like, 19. <laughs> they're, you know, they'll fall asleep. And we could come, like, another 20 times. So there is nothing wrong with, like, the guy, you know, uh, getting flaccid. The flaccid dick is super hot. You know, there is nothing wrong with the guy, you know, having a hard on but not coming. Um, th th there is no pr prescribed way. There is no, like, success and mm -hmm. victory. This is not, we're not going to battle, right? Mm -hmm. This is yeah. not, like, the war Just enjoy of the what's happening, whatever right. it is. It's like a dance. It's the flow. It's the flow of the energy. Mm -hmm. And that's what Tantra right. kind of teaches, mm -hmm. you know? Absolutely. And the more you get into it, the more you understand that there's no pressure there. You know, and for women too, and sometimes and there's I no think, goal. Yeah, and there's no goal, exactly. <laughs> yeah. No pressure and no goal. And I, but I think also that um, sometimes it's the women's fault that you know guys kind of feel that way because um, this happened to me actually when I the first the first time me and my husband we had sex. Um, you know, we were in there and then all of a sudden he couldn't get hard but he's like oh my god I'm so self-conscious and he's like if he was another girl like you're so nice about this you know you don't care because I really didn't care and we ended up getting married just just that's I guess that's the story but um no a lot of that's women, a great yeah. story <laughs> <laughs> but a lot of women out there they put the pressure on the guy about having to do that so we also have the same way we have to own our power of like speaking our ourselves and stuff like that we I feel like a lot of women are very mean to, you know, mm. to other guys. And especially here in Miami, you get up that superficial kind of uh, personality at all. And, and you, you expect a guy to be a certain way. And if they're not that way, you know, I, 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 women are mean. Women but can be very but, mean but too. But I think they're know? mean because there is that, you know, it can, okay, so this is why I think mm -hmm. the, where the meanness comes from. You know, from this idea that like the man wants you well, me, the mm -hmm. woman, the man wants me, I give myself to you, which is like a favor I do to you, mm -hmm. which is that whole bullshit of like the damsel in distress, mm -hmm. you know, we are the object, whatever, and we give ourselves as an object, as if there is a separation or a distance between I, me and I, and my body. So the Correct. first thing is that dichotomy, like we're mm -hmm. broken up, we're completely like a cubist artwork <laughs> so our mind is like okay i will give you my virginity my vagina whatever access right and you should like appreciate that so much that you should be coming buckets because they're like it's my gift to you sick i mean mm -hmm. it's sick because i i am this vagina i am there is no other i like 
there is nothing to give, you know. Like but I, you're I, not just a vagina, right? You're that, a that's whole what I'm person. saying. The vagina, is still, <laughs> the vagina is part of the eye, right? Mm-hmm. So the you know when I am with another, with a woman or a man, like all of me is there. Mm-hmm. There isn't that that kind of like separation. So what I want from being with the other is that connection and the communication and pleasure. Mm-hmm. And they're all gradations of pleasure. Mm-hmm. But I think that coming from that kind of like old setup, the woman feels personally unwanted. If the guy... Or yeah. not, uh, not pretty enough mm-hmm. or not mm-hmm. hot enough mm-hmm. because he hasn't come. Mm-hmm. So she feels it as a judgment and as a rejection, you know, very deeply. So and she it hurts her. It out on so him. she yeah. attacks him because mm-hmm. she feels if you wanted me, if I, if you loved me, whatever the thing is, right? The words that we don't say, you would have come so much because that's how you would show me how much you want me. So I don't think you know, like on the superficial level, they'll be like, oh, you know, he's not big enough, or you know, he doesn't come, whatever. But the truth, like the emotional, like core of it is that we take it as a personal you know insult affront um as a hurt Mm -hmm. we're hurt by it and then the guy senses that and then he feels that himself is not good enough Mm -hmm. that he you know didn't do his like duty Mm -hmm. which is to come but like coming especially for a guy should only be his duty if he wants to impregnate you Mm -hmm. Right? Correct. Why else do we need that sperm? Yeah. Or the body just... We don't need his sperm, you know, sexually to come. Yeah. Like 20 times. Yeah. So it has nothing to do with us. Yeah. Well, sometimes what I found, and I don't know, like, like guys sometimes don't want to come, right? They want to last longer. But if something also feels really good, it's just like the body's natural response. Like unless they're right. like really unless yeah. they really practice edging or whatever. But um yeah, I come across this and I guess like I joke that I guess I just have such a magical yoni. Um <laughs> it feels just so good. Uh but I, I I don't know. And I, I like it when guys come, but there is there literally is no pressure because I personally like I'm so it's so difficult for me to come to like full orgasm because I think I need to work on that whole like learning how to like internally stimulate like that's why these are good and I need to practice more because like I'm just like that clitoral person so like gosh I need to learn more about how I I would love to like orgasm more from internal stimulation and maybe we can you will yeah Yeah. you will you're you're still young (laughs) Well, there's a way. Yeah. yeah. Give it another 10 years. <laughs> I don't know. I want to wait 10 years. I just have to No, I'm not practicing. saying you have to wait 10 years. But sometime between tonight and the next 10 years, yeah, you will. You'll master it. Yeah, yeah, yeah you yeah, will master, master it. it. Yeah. <laughs> and also like squirting. Oh, my God. That's so good. I want to learn that. Yeah. yeah so much. <laughs> but also, you know, like the guy can ejaculate and then he can eat you out. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, you know, there yeah. is no proper... It doesn't just have to end there. there. Is, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, all you guys to do is, like, stay awake and... and, and <laughs> not follow me. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. We're not... No offense to anyone that does fall asleep. If you do, we understand why. But, yeah. Yeah, we're not done. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, and, 
And I think owning up to it, like as women, you know, not feeling like, okay, my job here is to please him. And, you know, which implies when he's pleased, I should adjust. Otherwise, I'm going to hurt his feelings. Like, that's why I'm so much of this, you know, podcast is devoted to like separating our sense of like who we are Mm -hmm. and people and our feelings, the stuff, you know, we, we take personally from what we do in sex in the bedroom. You know, because like when we go on a workout or when we're at the gym or whatever, you know, whatever other thing we do physically, we don't take internalize it so much. You know, everything we do, uh, you know, let's say like you have a day and you go and you can't like run on the treadmill. Like you don't think about it twice. It's Mm -hmm. done. You know, (laughs) but if that happens sexually, oh boy it's, it's like, like it's on yeah. yeah yeah it's like my body I couldn't uh, uh, I wasn't wanted or maybe I was overthinking or maybe I was self-conscious and it's like no maybe you were tired maybe you were coming down with the flu like there are a million the reasons moon, you know but women moon. are very lunatic yeah oh, for yeah. sure yeah like Venus is retrograde uh-huh. forget it <laughs> everything is opposite <laughs> yeah Mars like all kinds of stuff could be you know, part of it, like we shouldn't put so much emphasis on it. We should just keep at it, you know, mm-hmm. because it's a natural part of who we are and what mm-hmm. we do. And it's one of the things that makes us feel happy, mm-hmm. you know, and life is like sucks enough, you know, making money sucks. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yes. And like it's one of the few things we can do for free, then we don't have to like run constantly run because of it so i mean to me you know it's like so much better even food like you have to buy it and you have to bring it home and you have to unpack it and you have to like put it in the fridge and take it out of the fridge and you know prepare it all of that for the pleasure of eating you know like the sex you just need like you know a a good partner like an eager partner not good and bad eager willing Mm -hmm. (laughs) <laughs> or or yeah. yourself, or just or like, yourself or finding yeah finding yeah. that like you can also that's something that I'm still working on because I do find that I enjoy myself so much more with a partner, um, but I think that's also because like you can get you can have fun with yourself, but like when you're with another energy, it's just it takes it to a, ho- a whole other level. Yeah, but I think it's a two different. It, it, I, I'm not sure you can really compare both things. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I, th- th- that's the way I see it. Yeah. Because when you're with somebody, the dynamic changes. It's mm-hmm. just like when you're having a threesome or a foursome or whatever it is. It's just different, I guess, different situations, different energy. Sometimes I can't wait for my husband to go to work so I can be with myself, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like at times, obviously, I guess I need a partner, but... I'm very much comfortable with myself Mm -hmm. or sometimes I would need that third person or that fourth person to just kind of switch it up a little bit, you know, Mm. I guess. Um, So we were just talking about the difference between um, having sex alone and having sex with a partner or many partners. (laughs) (laughs) And, And I feel that each one brings out something different in you, right? Yes. So, you know, it's a little bit like, when you practice your yoga alone, like mm. I've, I've done yoga since I was like 19, so I can definitely have like a great practice home. I don't need anything. Uh, but when you go to yoga class, you know, you kind of discover things that you can do or you push yourself more 
uh, because there are other people, there are witnesses, you know, or the energy of the group, all that. So yeah, um, the, the good thing about being alone is that y you may not be pushing yourself that extra mile, but on the other hand, you are not intimidated in any way, right? Correct. So in, in exchange for that, like you're not self-conscious or, or worried about trying new things, uh, in front of everyone, because you're alone. So it's a great place to, to experiment, like, something completely new. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, like anal. But, <laughs> and, but, and, and, the, and the other thing that, that you could do, you know, for masturbation, if, if you want to take it, like, a, an edge higher, is, you know, videotape yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, like, put your phone somewhere... Or maybe, maybe use a mirror, you know? Oh, yeah, for sure. Use a mirror. <laughs> <laughs> if you can. I yes. mean, if you have a situation, I would use a mirror. Because, you know, then it makes it easier to, like, be in your body and your body. But also kind of, like, objectify your body enough to get that, you know, to get that extra visual stimulation. Mm -hmm. and, and it's also kind of, like, you learn. I, f I feel like if you watch yourself you also learn about the gaze, you know, like the male gaze, mm -hmm. and, and you access, you know, it's almost like you access the masculine part of you. You learn your angles, I guess. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. But also, you know, we all have like a feminine and a masculine, mm -hmm. and I feel that the gaze is always male, because mm. that's how we've been taught to see the world, mm -hmm. you know. Um, so it at least makes you aware and Or conscious. you almost, you really see yourself. You see and you get self in that way. Yeah. Yeah. I like something that I realized as I was studying Tantra and things like that. And you learn about yoni massage. And I realized that, of course, I know the male anatomy just because I've, for my life, I've been straight and really been with men. Um, but knowing my own anatomy, it's it's still like a bit foreign to me because you know you're not I mean you're not usually down there like looking at it and if you're not using a mirror you really can't see yourself but mm -hmm. like learning all and then and also being comfortable with whatever's down there because mm -hmm. it's not you know um it's not the cutest uh but there's it's really beautiful and it does so mm -hmm. much like our yonis are so amazing they produce life and mm -hmm. they they can they're like pleasure centers um but if you take time to to really learn about yourself so that's something i have to also do there's so many things i have to work <laughs> on i should be like having taking a list um but um but yeah and then the more you get to maybe even see it like when you're maybe when you're like just with yourself, you can just sort of like visualize, oh, like this is where mm -hmm. I want to go or this is mm -hmm. this is something I always implement on every workshop that I do. I always um, tell these women that you, in order for you to know how well you know yourself, like your yoni, you have to close your eyes. And because when we close our eyes, we could really like, you know, envision our face, our hair, our hands, any other parts of our body. But if we close our eyes, how well can we actually see and remember what our yoni looks like? And if we don't, that's when you need, that's when you know you need to get a mirror and really just look at yourself and just mm -hmm. really get there inside, outside, whatever shape or form. Mm -hmm. You get to just envision it. Close mm -hmm. your eyes and know it. I like the camera. Mm -hmm. I really do. Mm -hmm. You know, and you can like delete it right after. So mm -hmm. it's not that, 
you know, you don't have to like start sending it to everyone, you know, or even <laughs> anyone. Anyone, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, so that's the, not at all the purpose, but you know, kind of like because we're so used to seeing photos of ourselves. Right. Like sometimes the way we, if you close your eyes, you see your face more from photos than from how you look in the mirror in the morning. Yeah. You know, because the fo- the photo or the video has that added sense of like you're being seen. And it's, by move, another. and it's movement. It's you right. in action or hearing yeah. yourself. Yeah. Or like, because yeah. if you're in that moment, if you're truly present, you have no idea what you look like. Or but sound like. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, but actually, I now would I'm inspired. The, yeah. I, I would focus the camera on the vagina mm. or the, you know, the erotic zone because huh. that way you don't have to necessarily, you know, the issue here is not what your face looks like. True, yeah. Uh, it's, it's about what, you know, who you are yeah. sexually. And of course, always like use the coconut oil and oil it up because it looks yeah. so much hotter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, it and it changes once you're aroused. The yeah. color changes. And everything changes. It's I was funny. just going to yeah. say that when yeah. you know when Naomi said it's not the cutest, and I was going to say actually when it's turned on, it's gorgeous. Uh huh. It's, it's like blooming. Yeah, blooming. Yeah. It's like a flower. It's it's like the most beautiful flower. Mm-hmm. And no matter what it looks like when it's not aroused, when it's aroused, it's like amazing looking yeah uh, like you know gorge with blood the way that it's the same thing as like a hard on versus mm-hmm. not or even your face you know like when you get a good scrub and you're yeah. like all red you and plump flush, yeah, and you're like body wow gets flush, yeah. i look so much better yeah. <laughs> yeah. um so it looks much better and and also like because it's swollen um it's easier to find the different spots you're looking for right you can see your clit because it's like Sticking out, (laughs) (laughs) looking for attention, you know, like everything is bigger, it's opening up, it's wanting to be, you know, and and by looking at the camera, I think you could like arouse yourself with Mm. your own visual attention, right, Mm -hmm. to yourself. Because, you know, the vagina likes to be seen. <laughs> For sure. And it's it's always hidden, you know. Yeah. And yeah. that's another thing I always encourage is take your panties oh, off. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Every time I'm wearing, and the way that I find to do this, like, on my daily basis is if I'm wearing a dress, like now, <laughs> I'm wearing a dress or a long skirt, I always let it loose because that's where you get some air and, and you just let it breathe, you know. We're always, like, wearing jeans or wearing tight clothes or, you know, our legs have to be closed for some reason or not um so it doesn't breathe so i always say lose the panties definitely sleep without underwear or bra for sure a lot you'll be surprised how many women yeah you'll be surprised how many women don't do that but um but the other thing is yes actually i just read an article in the new york times uh about the fact that we women are encouraged to always sit cross-legged, mm-hmm. which I I personally sometimes find arousing because like you pressure on your yeah. you know clitoris, so it's kind of a little bit of a stimulation. But the article said that it's much healthier to like sit open-legged, breathe, and that mm-hmm. men you know Relax. always yeah. sit open-legged, and it's much healthier than the w- way women are always sitting. And I'm like, wow, you know. Yeah. To me, like my association with like no panties and sitting with your legs open is the story of O. Because <laughs> like the first thing or the second thing that her master, Sir Stephen, asks her to do is like never wear underwear, always wear a dress and always sit with your legs apart. So in my head, that's like a sexual position. You know, it's like I don't have underwear. I'm wearing a skirt and I'm not like cross-legged. 
I'm in sexual place, you know? Yeah. And even if something is going to enter right there. Right. Yeah, or like, I'm, I'm at yeah. least like inviting something. Uh-huh. And even if you, yeah, even if when we, we do that and we don't want to invite anyone, it's still kind of interesting because you take a little bit of like the sexual energy in your, in your daily life, mm-hmm. you know? It, it, you don't have to like focus on it, but it becomes something that, you know, it, it, it brings intention to your sexual, you know, anatomy, mm-hmm. right? It, it makes it aware and alive. And that's, that's a good practice, I feel, you yes. know, maybe not at work and I'm not in the office, <laughs> but yeah, like whenever else you can. Whenever you feel comfortable yeah. doing it. Yeah, sure. not at work. Not at work. <laughs> <laughs> at least not with people knowing, like... No, 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 not at work because, we, you know, we're working like really hard as feminists to separate like workplace from like, you know, sexual place. So we got to, you know, we got to be clear on that until like every single male on this planet understands it. <laughs> yeah. So for now, and you know, maybe until we really enter the Aquarian age and everybody's like equally evolved. <laughs> First, I want to, you know, Natalia, please tell us a little about uh, where you found them, mm-hmm. uh, how they're made, who makes them, okay. um, you know, how you became aware of them and kind of like what motivated you to drop whatever else you were doing uh-huh. <laughs> and bring them to America and like make them your new, you know, career path and, and your, uh, you know, your new calling Let's say, yes. and they and I have two, so I'm gonna talk about my experience with them. After, That's great yeah, that you have your experience already. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> well, my journey started after I gave birth to my daughter. She's uh, two years now, and um, my husband actually was the one that kept talking about it, um, mainly the yoni eggs. And uh, how, how did he know about it? Well, he's a very curious guy, and. Uh-huh. Um, he found this girl on Instagram and then he started looking into, oh my God, this thing goes inside the yoni. It's great for, you know, pelvic floor health and the increases. Yeah, the key goes because you you insert that inside the, the yoni and then you do uh, breath work with that. So you contract your muscles and then you release your muscles and with, you on an exhale. Breath? So you inhale, inhale and you contract, contract and you exhale and you um let it go. Uh, let it go. Or you can do it um, actually the opposite. So you can actually fill up your body and kind of like open that flower, like your, your pelvic floor muscles, and you push it out. And then on when whenever you let go of all that breath, you contract everything in. So there's two types of doing it. Whatever. Wait, what you do you mean by about. pushing out? Pushing completely out of the vulva each time? Yeah. So you breathe in. And you expand, you expand your lungs, you you fill your body with air, including the, as if you were filling out, like you're, you're really your yoni and expanding as if, and, and the, the and you push it in, in and you push it out. Like you actually, as if you were Wait, forcing So when you're it, inhaling, when you're inhaling, you're contracting your muscles and you're doing so as if you were, um, when you got a pee and then you right, have to, that's yeah, the kegel, that's the, right. the, yeah. So then so you, that's wh- where the does, okay, let me take one. Okay. Uh-huh. So there is a nice big, you know, Pink, um, yeah, rose quartz, yoni, yoni, yoni egg. Yes, right. So when you inhale, you push it up. So if you're, you put it in. You put it in 
first of all, and then you oil, put the white like coconut yeah. oil. You, or you get aroused first, and then right. once your yoni is ready to receive Turned whatever, on. yes. Right. So then that's when you, you and you inhale. never force it. You put it in, you put and it then in. you do put it in, and then you inhale, and it's as if you were pushing it up to your belly button. Okay, and then when you exhale, you just release it out. And if you can use your voice, you know, ah, that's when you release. And, and it comes out completely. No, okay. it stays inside. So what you're right. pretty much doing, you're doing, and then when you're, you're contracting your muscle and you're releasing. So what you're doing with that, you're actually creating muscle strength, right? Mm -hmm. So when you create muscle strength, obviously you start to have blood circulation, and with the blood circulation, you get more aroused. You increase. Mm -hmm. Uh, you increase um, fluids right. all of and, that that yeah, muscle needs prevents correct because it's a muscle that nobody and, and we don't like think that we have after you yeah. have babies especially like and you lose some of your elasticity correct it's a great way to regain it yeah both for sex, but also like you don't want to pee when you sneeze or yeah, something. Yeah, People so do. the urinary incontinence. Yeah. And like and so many women, mothers, you know, are thinking, well, maybe I should go get that surgery where mm -hmm. they put the mesh in you, which then it turned out that mesh was, you know, oftentimes bad and needed to be replaced. Mm -hmm. And it's very painful and And that's a less... You don't need yeah. any of that stuff. No. You just need to do your kegels mm -hmm. one way or another. Yoni egg or no. <laughs> Correct. You know, and it Correct. will come back like mm -hmm. any other muscle. And I remember back. from the demo that we had done, when you're inserting it, you kind of let your body like vacuum it naturally. You don't want to like force it. Mm -hmm. You want to make sure that the body's like ready to receive it. And you will see that your yoni will do exactly like... <laughs> Yeah, like naturally, it's, it's like, like oh, <laughs> something like to take in. <laughs> we'll swallow. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so I'll tell you now my my problem with it. What okay. happened to me is that I think I got a, too small. Like this is mine. I don't know uh -huh. what size. You got a medium is. size. A medium size. Okay, so this is the big size. Mm -hmm. Mine is medium size, and then there is like little teeny one. Correct size. Okay, uh, you have to tell us like what the difference is from. In the sizing. Okay. But mine, what, mm -hmm. what happened to me is that, you know, of course it went in effortlessly. Everything was great. And then it went up too far and I couldn't find it. Uh, oh. It walked like it, it you know, uh, in one of the inhales, I don't know, maybe like third one or something. It went like way up and I'm exhaling, nothing's coming out. And I'm like, where did this dude go? <laughs> <laughs> then I was like, I had to stick my finger way up and fish it out. And it took ah, some effort. Okay. I was like, this guy got lost like up in the urethra. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, it's never going to get lost. Okay? No, I know. Yes, it wasn't yes, like yes, coming yes. up my I mouth. Know, I know. <laughs> I knew uh -huh. that it stopped, you know. So no, I wasn't worried that like it would come back. And you have undrilled, I guess, right? But I didn't want to... You know, I didn't want to, like, have to go and pee it out or something, mm -hmm. you know. So, yeah, so what? what's that about? Okay, <laughs> what you could have done instead or it, is just trust the process, right? Continue I with your... I should have squatted. Well, but you probably. just did it once and then you wanted to come out or how? No, I mean, I did it a few times, but then the one time it uh, didn't do it. You know, it didn't naturally like come down. Mm -hmm. I should have squatted probably and you let gravity. Have Correct. Yeah. yeah. And then like, unless you Are really they have... fragile? Like, will they break and they, if they crash on the floor? Yes. And okay. if that happens, don't use it. But uh, yeah. with the exception <laughs> yeah. of the... If they break, yeah. don't use them broken. Don't please. use the broken one. Yeah. But uh, the nephrite jade, which is um, the most 
expensive of the collection. And the, the, the reason why is because it's a denser stone. So if it falls on the floor, it's not going to break. It's mm. not going to scratch. Um, and it's 100% non-porous, meaning you can actually boil the stone and it's not going to crash versus the quartz. You have to right. be really careful of the temperature right. or if right. it falls down, it's a very it's a lot more sensitive than the jade itself. Oh, yeah. I've heard mm -hmm. so many Crystal ones like crack. But mm -hmm. let's say, I mean, maybe you're over like a pillow or whatever. You know, as long as you're over like a soft surface, like don't right. don't like start squatting over the tile and then, you know. And then it, <laughs> it correct. Yeah. Yes, 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 for sure. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, uh, you, the, the, the way to let it out, it's just, just squatting it down. And just remember that um, you're also working with the energy of the stone. So maybe you're ready to stop working with the yoni eggs, but maybe the yoni eggs are not you know, fully mm. done with you. So maybe they're doing some healing work or some inner work, especially the black obsidian, which is uh, a stone that works with your shadows and your childhood traumas. And, you know, it assesses kind of like a hidden aspect of you, like that really like your, your hidden, the hidden version of Eve that, you know, it needs to come out. Um, so maybe it's assessing mm, to see? a higher... It went you know. straight to the G-spot. That's all I know. <laughs> okay. Which, and I thought, like, how does it know that that's my, <laughs> my happy spot? Uh -huh. <laughs> but, you know, it was a little... <laughs> It's yeah, really so you see, yeah, but so it's so then just uh, and my my recommendation is two things. First of all, when you're a beginner, always practice it in your house or at a safe place where you know if you mm -hmm. if you happen to sneeze or cough or go down the stairs or just mainly walk, it will come down on its own. It might come down on its own since you don't have that you know that muscle already right, kind muscle, of like established. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had the opposite problem. <laughs> It will come out on its own. <laughs> yeah, but it will come out on its own. Yeah. And, I, and I'm always in favor of that, unless you really have to go somewhere and you really want to, you know, and if that's the you case. You don't want to have the yoni uh, with. Yeah, <laughs> and, and in this case, if you get out of your house using, you, you know, using a yoni egg, please wear underwear. underwear. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. That's yeah. the only time I would recommend. <laughs> yeah, um, like walking yeah. around, spreading, yeah, <laughs> popping. That popping lady just, just gave birth to an egg. <laughs> to a crystal egg. Yeah. I think it's obsidian. <laughs> yeah, but then again, and, and you're wearing, you got one because they come in two forms, right? They come with the drilled and then the non-drilled. The difference is the drilled egg, you can actually put a thread around it. And it's similar, if you envision it, it's, you know, the cord will come out it's and it will stay out of your yoni and you can just push it out as if it was a tampon. That's, so, that's probably ideal for beginners. Like for me, yeah, that's what I got because yeah. I am worried about it just like hanging out up there. But then you can like, oh pull it out and then especially if you decide to wear it like it kind of stays you know what i realized recently i think the reason why i am able like i'm not ready for the small one but i wear diva cups and i have probably for like at least a year or so and i think the way because that's something that you like wear for like long periods of time it kind of like also trains the muscles in there so i realized this recently i was like wow like how am i how are my muscles already like pretty mm -hmm. good and also i've been told like oh wow like you're tight um yeah which i thought yeah. was interesting because my ex used to be quite large and it was like how do you go back but like it's, it's, it's oh yeah it, you go back yeah you go back never, it, it's yeah. elastic yeah. i learned that yeah. um it's but elastic. but yeah so like these but this you also can wear like you don't have to just use it you could like but maybe you don't want to wear it like too long because you also want to clean it and recharge it and Correct. all that stuff yes. Yes. yeah yes. yeah recharge it in the full moonlight is mm -hmm. what we mean mm -hmm. yeah. yeah you don't plug it anywhere no 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 <laughs> <laughs> 
yeah. Don't be yeah. putting in the microwave or anything. Like that. No, <laughs> no, yeah. no, for sure. Yeah. And um, so they come in three sizes. So you actually work your way down. So you start larger and you work your way down. Mm-hmm. Um, the mi- the medium size, it's a good overall size to start. Um, unless you for sure, you know, I want the large one or recently given vaginal birth, which was my case. And um and also, like, if you're older and maybe have weakened pelvic floor muscles, that's when you know that you need a larger one. But mm-hmm. overall, I usually recommend a good overall medium size is good. And then... And tell us a little bit about the stones. So this stone is... The one you actually have in your one. hand, that's yeah. the carnelian. And, and then, carnelian is good for what? Um, they call it the... Um, uh, the performer stone. So it <laughs> helps to boost confidence. So mm. especially if you're going to use your voice a lot or if you're on stage, mm. that's something that, you know, the singers that when they're on stage, they might use something like that. That's the one I used to wear a lot when I had events or, you mm. know, speak in public. I used to like to use the carnelian a lot. Um, and it's a very grounding stone as well. Mm-hmm. Um, we have the rose quartz. Rose the quartz rose quartz is quartz. overall. Beautiful just, pink. Yes. Yeah. So it's love, self-love, romance, romance. Uh, forgiveness, you know, mm-hmm. everything that comes from the heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's a stone that I say if you're, um, usually you know, like you're going to get called to a stone. But if you're unsure, if you like really don't know. Right. Get the rose I usually quartz, recommend yeah. the rose quartz because it's a great big. It's a lover one. It's a lover one. And you're going to benefit from yeah. the from the stone so, at any stage. So this is like the braided uh, dildo. Yeah, that's what I call <laughs> it, the, the twist. So it, the it, twist. it, it looks like a, literally so a... So it has uh, a texture that helps. Like Correct. a unicorn horn. Right. Like a unicorn yeah. horn, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so you really do it as if you had like a... Yeah. Um, Okay. Yeah, you and twist it in. This mm-hmm. is... Uh, that's the jade. Okay, that's yeah. the jade, mm-hmm. which we have the more familiar f- little phallic... Uh, Those are obsidian, correct. though, no? That's black obsidian. Oh, this correct. is the jade. Yeah, the, the jade, jade is green. green. The, it's right. a dark, dark, dense green, green. yes. Right. And then the black stone is the black obsidian. Right. And that's the so one that the, deals with uh, your shadows and, you know, it mm-hmm. brings a lot of things to so the surface. So it's more healing. It's a healing. It, it, yeah. A lot of, uh, if you start to read about it, a lot of women also... Uh, people who actually sell they say start with the black obsidian which is gonna kind of like clean the clean house you up. and yeah. then you go to mm. the quartz and other stones to kind of infuse it with whatever right. it is that you want to infuse lovely. but yeah and and this shape the wave i don't know what you call the shape. it's the wave oh, and that's okay. uh it's specifically well the main focus of it it's for the g-spot just because once you insert it it's it looks kind you of go, like a you go like wait, a I, it goes like that. Yeah, either way, it doesn't matter. One is just, right. a, I guess, I think a little I put thinner. It, I put this inside. Yeah. And then it's going to go right into your G-spot. Like this, I did it Correct. like this. Yeah. And then it goes right into your G-spot. Right. And yeah. you stimulate that point and yeah. you'll be surprised because a lot of women don't even know how to locate their G-spot. And once yeah. they do, maybe they don't feel anything or right. maybe it hurts or maybe it's an intense pleasure. So that's when I'm saying like these are great for self-exploration right. because... Um, it's not only about touching yourself and feeling pleasure, but if you're not feeling anything, some, that muscle or that, that area is stimulating it. And you have to awaken it. Right. It's dormant. Or if it exactly. feels pain, it's just like having a sore right. neck. You right. know, you need to get a dip tissue massage and massage. release it. So right. that's when these tools come in handy because, right. and again, um, it takes a long time for us to get aroused and get into our state. So sometimes you're going to be in a session, um, like a self-pleasuring massage or a yoni massage session for a good 45 minutes to an hour. And once you have your hand kind of like the way it needs to go in, 
it's going to start to hurt and it's going to so Wait, these, so your hand hurts yeah well if you're oh. not using the tools like if oh, you're okay. using your fingers oh, your per fingers. se <laughs> it can get really tiring you know and so yeah. these tools they're great for that because they're going to de- de- uh, de- I always have this difficult saying this dig deeper into the mm. tissues and then they're going to do the work for you right mm-hmm. so you don't have to work as well hard. this obsidian way which is the one that I have and I mm-hmm. tried out um I just want to report from the trenches. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was it was definitely different in mm-hmm. the beginning, you know, like compared to a dildo, like a silicone dildo or, you know, which is much more familiar, like the texture is softer and pliable and its job is to pretend to be like a, pen- mm-hmm. a human penis, right? Correct. So it, it's easier to kind of like make that leap. This was definitely like a foreign object to me. For sure, yeah. So I was like, wow, I have never, you know, I don't remember ever putting something in with this weight and this texture and this energy, you know, inside me. So whereas I thought, you know, I started off thinking, oh, you know, I'm a pro, you know, but it was totally new. Mm -hmm. It was nothing that like I had done before. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't as simple, you know, like if I have a dildo or, you know, if my hand or something or anybody's hand, you know, I can come. You can, you already know what to do. I know exactly. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I, when I first experimented, I thought this would be the same and it wasn't, Mm -hmm. you know, I was aroused. I was very aroused. So the, that kind of in and out uh, was familiar, but the the experience of the material, the stone, you know, the earth and the weight of it and and the way that it's inflexible, mm-hmm. right, compared to what mostly the goes in there. It, it warms up once it's inside. It warmed up yeah. a lot. Yes, and then yeah. when you take it out and you actually, and you see the difference in temperature, that's, I think, one of the things it that turns burning. me on the yeah. most. You know, the difference in temperature. I love it. Yeah, yeah. 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 And yeah. then it's it's the difference of that and a vibrator is about the internal stimulation because the vibrator, you're kind of like more towards your clit and, you know, the external area versus that it's you you it's just a natural yeah, yeah. you know internal but i mean thing. i i know that it's mm-hmm. yeah i mean one of its jobs is to to help us learn and experience more aspects of our internal anatomy mm-hmm. um but it's definitely new like it's a new way and maybe because the obsidian is about trauma and healing you know i i had i found myself like having to adjust from masturbation to climax mode to kind of like experimenting with this rock mode mm, yeah, you know yeah i i had to get out of i'm gonna come with this rock in yeah. you know in like three seconds <laughs> 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 to like okay i am learning what it feels like to have like a piece of you know rock from the earth and inside and it, of me what, and yeah. you know what it tells me and when you think about like the the intimate gemstones like you're being intimate with yourself it isn't there there can be pleasure but you may also discover as you were saying like a numbness or the pain because we can carry a lot down there that we don't realize so it's it's helping us maybe find more pleasure as as we're using it because mm-hmm. it may heal us or um well for me i also found that it's a, a good exercise um unlike like familiar dildos mm-hmm. it's a good exercise for 
being sexual without the orgasm. Like, Correct. you know, without needing to do it quickly mm-hmm. <laughs> uh-huh. in the familiar way, like move yeah. the way you move, you know, to come and then get on with your day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it, totally different. It's, so when you just said 45 minutes, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, wow. Yeah, it's yeah. not just masturbation. 45 <laughs> yeah. It's about the slow pleasure. And one thing I tell women is if you're uh, like really invested in, in, in enhancing your sexuality and everything that you're feeling, your sensations, you're going to make as much time as you do per se when you go to a hair salon. Sometimes women spend mm. five, six hours in a hair salon. Think okay, about it. Bless them. You know, so <laughs> I don't. It's true, but you go get your nails, or you you spend so much time investing on other areas mm-hmm. of your body, or doing other things for yourself, like spending three, four hours at a mall per se. But you don't really invest that two, three hours that you have, even like for the within, even if it's a, a without, even if it's a right. weekend, you know, that you're home. Yeah. Sometimes you just sit in front of a Netflix and you eat popcorn or whatever it is, and you're chosen something else yeah. when you can actually be Go doing inward. that. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and just giving yourself that, you yeah. know, that, that, that attention. Time. Yeah, yeah. And again, it's not a rule of thumb. Like sometimes no. I've been twenty minutes with that, or fifteen minutes with that, or ten minutes with that, and I go and I hit my spot, and that's okay. But but I, I do well, give myself the you. time. Yeah, no, but I mean, because <laughs> you start to learn how to, how to right, stimulate exactly. it. Yeah, and sometimes yeah. it's not about a yoni massage. Sometimes it's just about masturbation and coming into right. orgasm. It's about two different things. So you have to know once you're in that, like when you're really horny and you really want to get there. And then, because when you are already like uh, mm-hmm. aroused beforehand, you don't, you don't need to go into the whole... I'm going to give myself a breast massage. I'm going to get myself, you know, get in the mood of actually going for a self-pleasure massage. Once you really just want to get it off and you're really horny and you're just really wet, you, it takes you 10 minutes, 15 minutes, and that's it. You yeah. know, your well, yoni is ready to receive. Yeah, yeah, correct. Uh, um, yeah, no, my experience definitely was that uh, even though I was ready every time, it wasn't as simple as like every other method. But, you know, like we were saying, like, mm-hmm. I've been masturbating with my fingers since I was like eight mm-hmm. and succeeding, like never failed. <laughs> so that already is a, a you know, very well learned and practiced like lesson, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, with a dildo, you know, like different dildos, but basically decades. Yeah. So that again is something that, you know, my body, my hand, like the whole uh, combination, the conversation between the spots in the vagina, my hand, and they, and they vibrate, and my brain. And they vibrate, which it's yeah. kind no, of I like... Yeah. I don't like vibrators. Oh, you don't like yeah. vibrators. I mean, okay. I've used, but mm-hmm. like I don't use the vibrator mm-hmm. at all. But it's it's a familiar conversation also to the brain. That's what I, you know, I want to say. Like our brain needs to learn new things yeah. uh, gradually. Correct. So like my, my, my brain already knows the dildo and the way I wield it will reproduce what I feel during masturbation and mm-hmm. its job is to make me come. So like, it will know that. Right. But with this, it was it's like, like a surprise. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was like all new messages. Mm-hmm. So you got to kind of earn, earn that pleasure. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yes. Yeah. 
and it, it, and you tap into it um, in an organic way, right? Almost, you know, so yeah. you have to re just what you said, just reprogram your mind and just, yeah. just re- especially because yeah. we're more familiar with them for like ritual or like you wear the crystals or mm-hmm. you know outward, like you know exactly rather than going inward with them. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what happened to me. So after I started, you know, after I gave birth to my daughter, that's when my husband came home. He's like, listen, if you're not taking the initiative to go ahead and buy it, I already purchased it for you. Mm. Here they are. (laughs) Have fun. Explore. And then that's when the whole thing started. But when I got them, like the first thing I did was Google.com. It was the straight one here, but in rose quartz. And What's this stone? This is the red jasper. I love this stone. I call it the action taker. The red jasper is something that just gets the um, like the energy going, you know, it, it, it moves stagnant energy from your body and it just activates everything. Yeah, it mm-hmm. has a feeling like you're charging, like you're in battle and you're yes, going. Yes, right? Yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. Just don't do that to your vagina. <laughs> <laughs> no, or your butthole. Yeah. <laughs> what is this one? That is rhodonite. So it's, rhodonite. Uh, yeah, it heals like deep traumas really within lovely. your heart. Because it has these veins. It has a vein and um, some people even say it, that it's the combination of the rose quartz and the black obsidian mm. into one. Okay, because it heals yeah. trauma and then it also deals with the heart. So it's kind of a two-heart opener. Yes. Do, you ha- do you have that in a, in, a, in a plug style? <laughs> I don't have it in a plug style. The yeah, plugs, I, I should have brought plugs. this. Yeah, I do have it in black obsidian and rose quartz, the butt plugs. But oh. I will definitely look into the butt plugs for the... They're when, heavy, which though. Which one just, is this? That is the blues, blue adventurine, blue quartz. So, um, and that is... Blue, what was the first one? Adventurine. Okay, adventurine. Yes, yes, yeah, yes, blue quartz. And that is one, it's like a leader, leadership stone. I call it the serene, um, just mm. because it's a very passive and it also helps with the voice. Mm. Um, and throat chakra. Throat chakra. So when I decided to work with these stones, you know, I, I, I did my research and I started doing all these courses. And um, one of the things that I learned was that the stones actually choose they choose you. Mm. And so when I got home, my first collection, which was when I opened my store and I, and I laid it all flat down on a table and I was like, okay. How many was your first, how many did you have the first time? Uh, oh, like, oh. A dozen? No, I, 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 maybe I got like one of each style, mm. like one of each stone and that's how I started. And I gradually grew into having three, four, five, and then I have, you know, now you have a showroom. <laughs> now I have a showroom. That is true. Yeah. And uh, so the first one, because that that line, which is the slide um, line. This um, one. Yeah, I have like it a, in the... Like a scimitar or a yes, side. Correct. Or, which yeah. is, it's it's really comfy, which is more of an easier to maneuver. <laughs> yeah, because it goes into the shape of the vagina. So right. it's yeah, like, it's to slide that. it in and out. It's right. just very comfortable. Mm-hmm. So that was the one because it's the only one that I have in the blue quartz. And for some reason, it was calling me. And I have that same style in clear quartz, rose quartz, and the black obsidian. For some for some reason, this blue was calling me. And I'm, never, gorgeous, I, yeah. I'm never attracted to blue. I'll never choose blue over, you know, pink or purple or right, any other color. Yeah. I don't know. But for some reason, I was like, I don't, and I was hesitant to get it. I was like, I don't want to get this blue. I want this pink one. Or I want this purple <laughs> one. Give me this green one. Yeah. But I was like, you know what? It's fine. I'll get a chance to explore the other ones other times. So let's start with that. And that's what 
was the one that I started. That was my second one. Um, and I later learned, which was because I needed to express myself and not even, um, obviously sexually, I was like, it was just blocked. And then also my line of work required me to be at workshops, at conventions, I needed to speak up. Right. And so when I learned that I, you know, that's the affirmation or that's the intention I put into my practice, which is to use my voice, to open my voice. And then also your jaws, they're connected to your pelvic floor muscles, right? Mm. So if you're always um, kind of clenching your jaw or closing that area, you're also closing your yoni. So it's it's so the more you use your voice, the more you ah moan and, and just express it, the more you release. Even like when you do this moan, you, you feel a relax in your yoni you know so do that as much as you can yeah. if it's in the car if it's somewhere in your lower yeah. or even just, just like as you're just sitting there if you even uh-huh. if you probably you don't realize like even just as you were talking about like not clenching i was like oh i'm inclined to clench right now exactly. but just like relaxing your mouth just mm-hmm. like letting it be even if you're not yeah. making a noise all the time yeah just relaxing it for sure yeah just in general that's what the om is you know which you're supposed to oh. do in the morning like at least Correct. you know two three times you inhale yeah. and then you're like oh. <laughs> and that's like the sound of the universe yes so, yeah like mm-hmm. the more we can say that especially in a sexual way even better correct mm-hmm. And I wanted to add, you know, I, I, I actually had a podcast interview with a surgeon who specializes in, you know, sexual enhancement of mm. the vagina, the labia, the canal. And I just feel like, you know, so many women after giving birth feel that it has, you know, compromised or diminished their, mm-hmm. you know, sexual whatever uh, power <laughs> or desirability. And, you know, just if you work your muscles and you're patient, be patient, people of the Western world, it will all come back. You know, you don't need to cut and nip and tuck and chop and... Because, you know, all of that's creating new scar tissue. And remember, once you... And it took me a while to process that as well. It's like right when you give birth, your focus... and, And the reason why our bodies are made this way is for a reason. Our focus is on our babies. Not that we have to exclude sex all together but it naturally comes back and and i yeah. learned with that you know the slow pleasure the patience. slow coming back patience mm-hmm. with yourself yeah. Yeah. taking care of yourself mm-hmm. and like not and not rushing things like mm-hmm. right yeah. and not being so strict with yourself yes. you know <laughs> yeah like it's a natural sex, process yeah for sure, yeah for sure. sex mm-hmm. should be just like open and free and not have any rules mm-hmm. and you know, whatever expectations beyond experiencing it. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I and you know, I, I wanted to share. Actually, these are very common in California. I don't know if they've come here, but this specific one Not is called. I don't think you're allowed Foria. to even those mm. ones. Yeah. Yeah, but it's it's like pleasure within, and it's you know cannabis uh, infused infused mm-hmm. lube. Basically, that's all it is. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So like you don't have to be high. You do not have to drink. But if you feel that you want, you know, some sort of like stimulation beyond what you get with like a lube or I use, I recommend coconut oil. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you can have something like this and it does get you like all tingly and extra aroused. And, you know, it's, it's really not like 
it's not illegal because you can next time you're in California buy some yeah. you know mm-hmm. so and you're not ingesting anything you're not making anybody high <laughs> <laughs> but you know now that the cannabis industry is blooming uh, you know there's so many products like this and more and more are coming out you know which are like sexual enhancers mm-hmm. very organic and yeah you know, and simple. it goes yeah and especially when so like um, you can rub your uh, yoni wand I think that's the perfect name Yoni wand. Yeah, they're crystal wand. wands. Yeah, crystal wands. Like, well, that, that's why, Yoni Yoni that's why she did it. That's, that yeah. is why she did it. And I, I got it. Yeah. I got it. I've been looking for the name. It's there all the time. It's, the yeah. it's Yoni Wonderland. Yeah. So it's like Alice in Wonderland. Yes. So your Yoni is pretty much in Wonderland, but I did it right. with the A. With the name because it's the wand. Because it's the wand. Correct. Now I know. So it's a Yoni wand. And that makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. So, okay. I think that that's a good wrap. Like yeah. we spent the whole episode to get to the point where we organically came to the name of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So thank you for coming, Natalia yeah, thank you so and Naomi. Much. Thank you for yeah. listening, everybody. Uh, subscribe to our Speak Sex channel and we'll be here in a week. Uh, and until then, please speak sex. Love you. Bye. could make love incessantly, I would be gone.